Hello and thank you for tuning in to All Things Guitars and Music, podcast by Vapor Guitars. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Thank you for tuning in to All Things Guitars and Music, a podcast by Vapor Guitars. My name is Vapes, and I am the host of All Things Guitars and Music. Episode 24, Chad Benecos, guitarist extraordinaire. Most of you know him from Head PE. He's been in many other bands as well. We'll get into all that. We talk from the very first licks he learned on the guitar to what he's doing nowadays. So sit back and relax. Enjoy part one of a two-part interview with Chad Benecos. All right, got this recording. 
All right, people, on uh, this week's episode, I got uh, Sir Chad Panecos from uh, formerly of Head PE, uh, Duress, uh, Razzle, and anything else? Uh, and Human Lab. Oh, Human Lab. Wow, I forgot about that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so how are you doing today, sir? I'm good. How are you? Good. Just uh, enjoying my Sunday morning so far. I want to have a Sunday morning chat with you. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Um, I know you've done a couple of podcasts and stuff like that, but I want to get to uh, know you a little bit better, um, same as the audience. So uh, we'll start from the beginning. Um, how old were you when you very first started playing the guitar? Oh, man. Um, whew. I, I, I think I, probably the same as you. I think I was like probably in the sixth grade. Which okay. now seems like a late start, but um, yeah, so I, I don't know how old you are going into the sixth or seventh grade, but that's pretty much when it was. Yeah, and uh, so uh, who... Uh, it was cool. My, I had a friend. We were both at Iron Maiden. Okay. And uh, his dad was the like superintendent of the school. They were super into school. And um, yeah, <clears throat> he told me, he's like, if, if I get... You know, this certain grade, I'm going to get a guitar and lessons over the summer. And if I get a C or less, I have to have a tutor. Okay. And it just clicked. I'm like, what? You're going to get a guitar? That's badass. And, and then he did. And so I would go over to his house all the time. And I had a guitar. And then uh, he would just teach me what his teeth time, <laughs> kind of, yeah. for like a, a couple of months, and um, which was cool. That teacher was cool. He ended up. I ended up teaching people the same way he I like, nah, let's just teach you what you want to learn. That way you'll stay interested kind of thing. Exactly. So we were just learning Iron Maiden songs. I think the first song I ever learned, the first riff I ever learned was uh, Where Eagles Dare. Yeah. Okay. It's easy, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I was hooked after that. And then he slowly lost interest in guitar kind of. Yeah. And my interest was, you know, obviously how it goes for yeah. guys like us. I was like, oh, my God. Can't look back. I'm fucking obsessed. So, uh, yeah. so is Iron Maiden was your first uh, riff you ever learned? Nice. Yeah, the first riff I ever learned that I learned that. Yeah. Where Eagles Dare, and then I learned a few Maiden riffs because that was just the first thing we did. Um, yeah. You know, I, but I, you know, when you're when you're that amateur at guitar, you shouldn't be trying to play Phantom of the Opera. You know no, what I mean? But no. I was, you know, um, but I quickly just gravitated more to a, like a punk thing, you yeah. know? Yeah. Because it's easier, obviously, and plus punk rules, you know? But yeah. yeah. Nice. And uh, so you got into that. My very first riff, dude, was uh, Heart Barracuda. <laughs> I, so many people say that, too. It's funny. I'm happy it was that instead of the what, what, uh, Walk on the Water or, or Cast Scratch oh, Fever. Smoke on the Water. Yeah. Smoke on the water. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, At least you have that. Yeah, so Barracuda. And if you think about it, Barracuda is like like one of the very first thrash riffs. That little chunk, it, the, the chunkity, chunky yeah, part. Yeah, it, it is. It is. And a lot of like metal dudes um, do that song, like Alice in Chains and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So what was your first guitar? It was a, <laughs> it was a Squire uh, Fender Strat. 
a oh. black and white one. You know, those cheap ones they came out with. Yeah. Um, I got one of those. Uh, that was my first guitar. Yeah. Nice. I think I had a stupid acoustic too as a kid. You know how your parents are like, well, if you play this, then we'll get you an electric. So I, I did have an acoustic. I have a photo of it. I don't know what it was though. Yeah. Well, you know, the Squires, uh, they're not like pieces of junk anymore these days. I know. I know. They're, That's what uh, I've been kind of noticing. They're, because uh, I, you know, I watch a lot of YouTuber uh, guys that talk about guitars and gear. Um, and they do a lot of with Squire, and they always compare the Squire to the Fenders, and it's like, wow, really? Yeah, $600 cheaper or $800 cheaper, and you get a good quality guitar? Yeah, you know? back in when they first started, I don't think they were as good as they are now. Yeah. Because I know mine was kind of shitty, but I think even back then, I can't remember, but I could have sworn they were making them in Mexico and in mm -hmm. Japan, and if you got the ones in Mexico, they were better that's yeah that's what i was led to believe but i i, I couldn't be for sure well I remember in the 80s and stuff like if uh, japanese made guitars they're like considered crap right you know now they're like considered second you know behind us yeah you know so that makes sense yeah my first guitar i don't know if you heard uh memphis like a no-name beginner oh, brand yeah yeah, totally. <laughs> a Memphis, it was, it was 50 bucks. I found a picture of it online. I'm going to post it. And then I, uh, mowing yards, and I saved up, I think it was $200 for a black V with gold hardware from Hondo Guitars. Huh. <laughs> I was so That's happy, cool. dude, with that, dude. Dude, I, the first, yeah, so I, um, I needed an amp, my first amp. I didn't know any better. I just went to a music store, you know how they were magic back then. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I need an amp, I need an amp. And the dude was just some dude. And, and uh, I only had enough money for this like Roland amp. Now that I think about it, it's probably pretty dope, but it had any, it was like a keyboard amp, right? Yeah. yeah. And it was loud as fuck and it was a little square thing. Um, but I didn't, I couldn't get any distortion. It just wasn't, it wasn't that, right? Yeah. Um, and I did the same thing, dude. I, I saved up some money and I lived in the recycler, remember that thing? Yeah. And yeah. someone was selling little boss orange DS1. I still have it. And I fucking got my neighbor to drive me over to the dude's house. And I went and knocked on the door and went in his garage, some fucking tweaker kind of sketchy thing. And he had a few pedals and it was like 20 bucks. Yeah, that was my first big purchase, and dude, I, after that, I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, I'm playing yeah. Metallica right now. So good. Yeah, with the with the overdrive or distortion pedal, you know. Yep, it does Hell a lot. Yeah. I had a shitty uh, amp. I don't even know what it was. It had no distortion in, it, and I bought uh, an MXR uh, Distortion Plus, and it was yeah. used at that time. I didn't even know it was going to be like a legendary pedal. It's kind of trippy. Some of those pedals have staying power, yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. So your early influences, uh, what were they? I mean, it was like Maiden, uh, punk. Mm, yeah, I, I don't know, dude. It's like obviously I was like drawing pictures of guitars and bands when I was little. Like yeah. my dad has these pictures that I would draw, so I always knew like I just want to be a band, dude. Yeah, and um, but back then it was like. Uh, Sabbath, um, some of the Beatles, but as a kid, like the Beatles was more like the vocal harmonies were what, yeah, like put me in a spell. I didn't really figure the guitar out too much, um, but yeah, Sabbath and Hendrix, obviously, the first things that you notice, like ooh, 
that sounds cool. Yeah. And then, uh, but when I started playing, yeah, I was in my um, Metallica, Iron Maiden, Anthrax phase, right? So yep. it was like thrash was my favorite shit. Um, yep. But I wasn't really good enough to play it. Um, so punk, obviously, was my go-to because, you know, it's it's just like, it's hard to explain, but like, when you're not good enough to play some, you play what you are. Punk was that to me. Like that's what I loved about it so much. Besides the rebellion and the whole cool, you know, it's a whole cool thing. Um, you could be very minimal on guitar and start a punk band. You yeah. know what I mean? You, yeah. you only need your passion and a tiny bit. And so I was super into punk at the time, but it didn't last a whole long. Like my first band was a punk band, obviously. Yeah. But then, like, as you get a little better, it sort of you start to get into like the thrash thing. I don't know if you yeah. that band DRI, but DRI yeah. was like punk in the beginning, and then they even made a record called Thrash Zone because they were just getting better at their instruments, and that's yeah. how I kind of evolved. And quickly, quickly, dude. Like as soon as I'm like getting better and better and better, I'm not playing the old shit. I have nothing against punk; it will stay with me forever. But I was like, okay, now I'm. I'm too good for that. Now I'm going to do this. And then as soon as I was over that into something else, I, I graduated into the next thing that I was interested in playing. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah the beginning was, yeah, I love Maiden and Metallica in the beginning. And what still was, do, you know. But. What was your punk bands back then at that time? That I listened to? Yeah, that you're all into like in the beginning. <laughs> I got, I mean, mine was like, uh, just give uh, Adolescence and Circle Jerks, two of my favorites. Yeah, for sure, adolescence. I, I was into um, somehow DRI just um, got me hooked. Yeah. Uh, and they're not even that well known, but that first record dealing with it, I just loved it. It was so much more than just six punk songs, you know what I mean? That yeah. could be boring. Like they had all these interludes and the you know dad coming in and slamming the door, like short songs, funny lyrics. Like it was just all so cool. Um, that was like my main shit. You know? um, but yeah, I was definitely listening to metal yeah. too. You yeah. know, um, so yeah, yeah, it was my first shit. Nice. And then, uh, so you got that. Those are your early influences. Just like mine was was punk and metal. And then you know, w when I saw a Slayer, I was blown away because I was like, hey, they got punk and metal. Yeah. You know, like it combined the two that I loved at the time. Yeah, I'll have to. I have to say too, like I was all over the place. Because I loved everything at that, when I was young, right? Of course, mm -hmm. but I could only play like punk rock stuff. Um, and I was, I loved hip hop and the whole, just the whole vibes that from the street shit, you know? Yeah. Uh, punk yeah, and hip hop to me almost were the same shit, you know? But um, yeah. I, I will, I, I don't want to forget because uh, when I was really young, my dad would, would tell me, you know, I tape shit off the radio. Like, can you, I'm going to be at work. Can you make sure you turn on KLS? And, <laughs> tape this concert and so i would tape these concerts yeah on cassette at night and it'd be like crosby stills nash and young or yep. neil young and fucking that shit touched me dude i was already wanting to be like a singer songwriter from the get so i definitely liked the neil young and the singer songwriter like softer vibe it yeah. just was so beyond what my um my ability was that it didn't even seem like a, something i could do so I'm definitely not pursuing that at a young age. I was more just young and wanting to fucking be a punk, you know? Yeah, but you, you're young and you you realize like music was just grabbing you, no matter what kind of music, because I was into, not classic rock until later, but like I'd be into the uh, 
the Slayers and the um, Iron Maidens, but then Duran Duran, you know, or right. B-52s. I was all over the place. Whatever sounded good. Yeah, you totally. Know? But I wasn't playing guitar like that, you know. I was being a little kid doing Judas Priest or, or whatnot. Right. I, I totally know. understand. And uh, was your first band Razzle? No, uh, it wasn't. It was my first band that I really, like, I don't know how to explain it. My first band was a punk band, mm-hmm. um, obviously. And we played. My mom put all our shit in the back of the truck, and we went to a place and played this punk show. And then I had that band, and, and I was really a kid. And um, we didn't have a singer. And then I, I was really into that. Like, remember Anthrax, dude? Yeah. When they had those mosh parts, that's what they would call it, like on the record, like the middle eight or whatever. Yeah. And just that band in particular would have these, like, parts of the song that were different than the rest but they were like the heaviest exactly bitching parts. yeah i was fucking obsessed with it dude and i made a whole band based around like my own like mosh parts nice um yeah and, and we didn't have a singer either so i um i did that i had like this like thrash mosh part band i think we called it lunacy or something and we played shows and then i and that was cool but that was like the last band that i was really stoked on because in what was happening to me was I couldn't find anybody my own age to, to play with that was that enthusiastic. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. I was fucking overboard, dude. Uh like I was probably annoying. I just fucking find people and go, <laughs> hey, your your boyfriend plays drums, I need to talk to him. I'll, you know, I'm this yeah. and that. And so um to find people my own age that were that serious about being a band, it just wasn't happening for me. I found a few kids that would play, but I ended up having to play with like older people. Yeah. Um, that older is, dudes. And yeah. that sucked. It didn't suck. I was like, I just want to play. Um, yeah. So then I was like not doing what I wanted to do. I was just playing with older people who were better than everyone. That way I could, you know, so I, I, I then I spent like, I joined like a band. I did, did a band with this guy. It was like, like a rock, rock, heavy rock band. I wrote the music that was still really heavy, mm-hmm. but he was like a Christian and he wanted to do like Christian lyrics. And I was like, Oh God, no. <laughs> but, um, so I did that. And then, um, yeah. And then I was like going to LA a lot. Cause that was like the tail end of the sunset strip scene. Yeah. And even though we weren't old enough to go into the clubs, like there'd just be like shit ton of people out. Um, yeah, just out there still. Out. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was going up to LA to see, this band called Red Cross. I don't know if you know yeah. about them. Okay, I love. Remember them, that. And and I wasn't trying to do what they were doing, but they they struck a nerve with me because they were like kind of punk, kind of mm. poppy, kind of funny, really good looking. Just they still make fun of the Sunset Strip scene, and I was like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, but I would still go up to the strip, right? Because that's where all the girls were and all the stuff. And um, you'd see like. The remnants of the old shit. There's still be like a ton of bands passing out flyers, and they're all like the old like hair rocker dudes mm-hmm. and shit. And I was like, whatever. But it would be fun, and that's where I met the Razzle guys. Uh, were they passing out flyers? That how they're, you met them? Yeah, they were already a band, um, and they were young, and yeah. they were my age. And so I was like, whoa, trippy. Um, so we gravitated towards each other for sure. I met Jeremy and AJ and Kevin and Alan up there, and. Um, I don't think any of us could even go into the clubs. We would just be out there tripping out on shit. And um, 
I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll go see your band. I, I kind of knew about them, and I didn't mm -hmm. like them at first because they were kind of glammy back. This is way back, right? Like, you know, long blonde hair singer and the glam shit. And I was like, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I loved it. They were my age. And I was yeah. like, wow, you guys are really doing it, huh? So I went and saw them play at the Roxy. And it was packed. Like, their whole high school was there or something. I was like, what the yeah. fuck? And they had their shit together. They had some songs and they had demo tapes and the whole thing. But the image was not my shit at all. Yeah. But I loved them as people. Like, we would just hang out. And so I think they had a guitar player that wasn't that great. Okay. Um, obviously, Jeremy's the main guy, right? Yeah. Um, and so I don't know how it happened, but we were like, I was playing with this. I know what it was. I was playing with this older band, these two older dudes that were doing like a Ramones thing. Okay. And I was like playing bass for them just to, I just wanted to play. At yeah, the whiskey just to play, or something. And yeah, they had so I was like, so I was up there, and he was like, "Yeah, what are you doing?" And I was like, "Ah, I'll play with these old dudes and whatever." And he's like, uh, "Somehow we exchange numbers." And he's like, "Hey, bring your demo, and I'll bring mine, and we'll meet up in front of the Roxy." One of those. I'm like, "Yeah, man, I've never met anybody that's like that except me." And so Jeremy was the first one that was like very, very enthusiastic. I was like, oh, "All right, I love this guy." Yeah. So I met him. He was there, and he came right up to me. He's like, "Did you remember?" And I go, "Yeah, of course." That's why I'm here. He's like, me too. And took a tape out and gave it to me. And I gave him one and then started talking. And it just became like, you know, we're, we're going to get rid of our guitar player. We need a guy. We're going to do these auditions. You should, you're the guy that should be that. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I remember telling him no. All of them, like, no, nah, that's not really my shit. You know, I don't want to dress up like that and all that. And I think Kevin called me. Okay. And he's like, hey, you know, Jeremy said, you know, you didn't like us. And, but we're not doing that. We're kind of, changing and we're gonna you know do this thing and i told him i'm in i want to do a heavier thing than yeah. that he's like no it's different he's just you know call jeremy dude and like you know, so, okay so i called him and uh <laughs> it was weird he told me everything i wanted to hear he's like dude i know what you're thinking we're not <laughs> like that we're gonna take a little bit of time off i got these new songs i'm writing we're just want to be like orange county like wearing vans and yeah. shirts and skate shit i'm like oh my god that sounds fucking great were they called razzle at that time yeah they were called razzle oh, okay. yeah yeah they had right. a tape out and they had a whole they were totally going for it this type of shit i was doing like making flyers going out yeah the whole how fun is that right yep and so i went down to their studio dude and um in anaheim somewhere it like, yeah it was in it was in like fullerton or something okay. and um i just was like oh my god these guys are just like me and jeremy's like look listen to this and he had like these songs worked out where the band didn't even play he just had guitar riffs and he would sing with aj harmonies yeah i was like whoa you guys can sing harmonies i never met anybody that could just really do it yeah. you know um that young of an age right that yeah by the age, and i was super impressed like oh fucking good job like that's mm -hmm. great you guys are fun and so like come on dude you should play with us and we don't want any and they had a bunch of dudes like sending them like <laughs> audition letters and like tapes and photos and i was looking through them like dude you got a bunch of guys that'll play with you and he's like yeah fuck them you know yeah. what i mean like we want you so it was one of those things and they yeah. gave me a tape and i i fucked it all up like i was talking to him in my mind i was thinking oh they want to do something new and that's cool and so I took their demo tape and didn't really learn it. He's like, come back next week and jam with us. I go, okay. I went home. I, I breezed through their like three songs. I was like, that's eh, kind of cool. I learned a little bit of it, but yeah. I thought I was going to go in there and just jam. Yeah. And I went in there, dude, and um, jammed out with them, but I didn't really know the songs that well. And I think they were bummed. And I know they were bummed because then I bailed. I was like, all right, later. That was cool. And then Kevin called me, dude, 
Jeremy was super bummed you didn't learn our song. And I go, really? Because, yeah, what, like, everyone else would just come in and, like, play the songs perfect. And I go, oh, dude, I thought we were going to just jam. I'll learn your fucking song, whatever. Yeah. So I just <laughs> learned them real quick, went back down. Jam, and then I joined the band, and it was super fun for a while. Like, that was, like, my first real band, you know? Yeah, that real band that was actually doing things. Yeah, we, we yeah, it was fun because... I wanted to always do this shit with my other bands and I would do them, but nobody was really that excited to like take pictures or make flyers or go to this, go to that, whatever. And the, that was all they were doing. They were so into it. I was like, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. You know, someone else that's my age that will be as excited about being in a band. Um, so that was fucking awesome for a while. And like, I think me and Jeremy were so tight. I would stay the night at his house like every single week. You know what I mean? The dad would make us food, and we would run around and go to practice, and it was great. Did you great. Uh, did you live near them at the time? No, I didn't. Like I was going to Orange, uh, school in Orange County, like Fullerton. Okay. Um, and then I had a moment where, like, I think my dad, my dad was maniac. Right? He's on drugs and got fucked up. My mom had to come get me and my brother, and we spent like two years in in like San Bernardino. Okay. So I was out there living at my mom's house, and um. But still going to Hollywood, still doing everything I was doing. And then so I would just drive out. And because I live so far, Jeremy's like, just stay stay with me. And I'm like, okay. Um, so we became super tight. Yeah. And when we did did all the things that you want to do in a band, you know, like take photos and play shows and do shit. It was it was a good time. Like my first experience, like a lot of my first things that I ever did that were cool were with them. Were in Razzle, yeah, for sure. Nice. Yeah, I was just listening to a, a track on YouTube I found. Ology? Is that a name? What is, Ology, what is it? Ology or something. It says a razzle, razzle, and then the O-L-O-G-Y in parentheses. O-L-O-G-Y. That might not be that. That might not be us. I don't know. No, it's you guys. Uh, it's a C oh, is it? Yeah, I have the CD somewhere because uh, me and Alan went to school um, at yeah. Kennedy High School. And then... Uh, He's like, check out my band. And I was so like, kind of like proud because I think he was a year or two younger than me. And I remember him getting involved in music and, you know, yeah. wanting to play drums. And then he gave me a demo tape and everything. And I seen you guys a, a couple of times. Uh, oh, cool. Long time ago, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm a couple of years older than everybody. Being all kids yeah. like that. I, there was a couple of shows where I think me and AJ had to just sit outside before they would <laughs> even let us in. They only let us in to play because we're too young. Um, and even that, I was like, this is so bitching. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? yeah so, uh, and then Razzle, and then, you know, we, we know what happened with Razzle. Uh, they turned into, uh, well, it was Stained, and then uh, they had to change the name, so it's Lit, basically. Yep. And they're still doing it. And then, um, did you leave Razzle, or, and then they became Lit? Yeah, yeah. so, you know, we did our thing for a couple of years, and it started to get, like, it was at the point where, maybe it was time to like change it up again a little bit. Um, yeah. They were real smart like that. And and I was feeling the same way. Like it's not as heavy as I thought I would want it to be. And um, so I, we were talking about changing the name together. Like, Oh, we could call it stain or we can call it this. And we mm -hmm. get a little bit heavier and, or we can do this and that. I didn't know that Jeremy was even planning on going like super poppy like they did. Yeah. Uh, which wouldn't have been my thing anyway. But um, so I was like, kind of like, I think me and Alan were living together and mm -hmm. Jared was my roommate. 
um, and he had a band too, and I was really wanting to go this certain way. So I wrote a few songs for Razzle, and, and Jeremy was cool enough to do them and help me out, and they were heavy, and they weren't really feeling it, <laughs> to oh, yeah. be honest. Just taking a little break here, since we were just talking about Razzle, um, I found a song online called I Ain't Your Pal. So here's I Ain't Your Pal by Razzle, and then uh, as soon as the song is done, we'll get back to the interview with Chad Benecos.
And then I think they were like, we could just do the band and we don't need another guitar player, right? So they yeah. kind of like got rid of me in a way. It was so almost mutual, but really I was mad at the time. Like, really? Yeah, fuck, really? Okay, fuck that. Yeah. But I knew already because Jared and I were living together, he was like, I fucking hate my band too. Like, you, you <laughs> should just leave your band and I'll, and I'll fuck my guys up and we'll make a whole new band. It was like that. We were doing that. So yeah. looking back, it was like, yeah, um, you know, I, I bailed. They did stained for a second mm -hmm. um it was like they were doing like a post grungy type of thing before they really found themselves yeah and they found themselves in that poppy thing um and i was already you know deep into forming head pe uh and getting my <laughs> my heavy <laughs> rocks off i guess <laughs> so so you and jared started head pe because you guys were roommates and you guys wanted to start something new and it was you right too? Yeah, it was it was so it was really him and Wes first because I was still in my band and Jared was like kept telling me how long have you been in your band you know like fuck your yeah. band and um I was like yeah yeah and I was really into it but I was a little bit oh, I didn't know if I was like ready you know yeah. I just knew that I wanted him I knew he was like electric as a singer um, and he he kept telling me like I'm gonna get rid of my drummer. I'm going to get rid of my guitar players, both of them. And I knew those guys. I would see, I felt bad for them. I was like, oh, no. Um, and so as soon as it was like, as soon as I was freed up, yeah. you know, from Razzle, he he was like, I'm getting rid of everybody. And he, he knew Wes. Like he, I think he went and got, Wes had this band with BC, the drummer. I don't know if you know, head PE lineup. But Wes, the other guitar yeah. player and the drummer were in a band together. And I think it wasn't even that serious of a group. It was like a almost yeah. a joke thing maybe i don't know but they're like really really good players so jared's like i'm gonna get this guy Wes, and then uh i'm gonna i'll fight so he started firing everybody and then <laughs> Wes came around yeah and Wes was like i don't know him and i became super good guitar team yeah but fucking different like fucking such different players you would never put the two players like that in the same band yeah, it's part of the magic of what we did. But um, he was ready to go. He had like a couple of songs, and they didn't really last long once we made a style of our own. But he had a tape that he made, and um, Jared's like, "Listen to this," and I go, "Oh fuck!" And I didn't make the same mistake twice. I'm like, "Oh, let me see that tape, dude." And yeah. I listened to the riffs. I learned the fucking songs like, like perfect. And we, I went down and we jammed. I think like. Wes was like, we could do whatever we want. I have these couple of riffs. I'm like, yeah, I know those riffs. And he's like, you do? I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking Janet. It was like easy for us. We had to like talk about it, like what our style was going to be and like create this whole thing. But in the beginning, um, yeah, it, it just came together like that from me and Jared being roommates. Yeah. Well, that's cool. And then the, so it was you, Jared, and Wes. Um, it was me. Yeah, it started off me, Jared, Wes, uh, BC. BC. And then BC was BC. there at the same time with Wes? Yeah, he came okay. and Wes came together, right? Okay. From the other band they were in. They bailed their shit and came. And, yeah. Um, and then Jared, he fired everybody except Mark, the bass player. He okay. kept Mark from the old band. Um, and then, yeah, and then shortly after we were playing for a good minute, um, we got Doug, the turntables, mm -hmm. uh, to come down. And that was a first, you know, I don't know. This was like what, 92, 93-ish? Fuck. Yeah, maybe even earlier, dude. Probably right around there. Okay. Um, yeah, right around there. We started it up. And it was it called Head right away? Yeah. Yeah, we were okay. called Head. Not Head PE. We were called Head. Yeah. We actually made 
like the big name that we made a name for ourselves, like yeah. completely as just head. I still uh, got I still or... got the original head merch, dude. I got uh, yeah. BC would always sell me head shirts when I would see them or something, and I still yeah. have those. <laughs> I didn't want to change. I didn't. We we were stupid, dude. We like we did this whole thing. We made our own record. We did mm-hmm. all this stuff. Every, and like yeah, yeah. And I remember telling Jared like my big dream because we had big dreams, you know. Oh yeah. But before it was like worldwide. It was like I just want to. We would go see Sublime play, or, or we'd go see bands that were local and. Some of them were real, like pr- doing pretty good, yeah, and I was like, yeah. I want to play a fucking show, dude. That's our show. I don't want to open up for somebody, and I want there to be a line around the block. That would be like, but legitimate, not our friends from school, yeah, not family. None of that shit. Just like <laughs> I want to be like, I, I don't want to know anybody who's in line. Yep, that would be amazing. Then I'd know, and dude, it. I, I fucking said it to him, and I promise you, it might not have been like a month or two months later. We headlined three six nine in Fullerton, and it was fucking sold out. And we were both like, "Oh my god, is this really happening?" And it just snowballed, dude. We got super popular before the internet, and we were called Head, and we yep. didn't change the name until we got signed. Yep, I remember uh, seeing Head stickers all over Huntington Beach. Yeah, 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 dude. We were. I had a job at a print shop, <laughs> so um, I would do like these negative things. Like you take the negatives on the light board and I'd make stuff for the printer. It was the old yeah. school printing press place. Yep. And then they knew I was in the band. I was like, Hey, can I make some flyers for my band? And they're like, Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, they always had like leftover paper they didn't need to throw away. Like, oh, we got this yellow paper we don't want, or we got this yeah. green paper we don't need. And I'm like, Haha, that whole box? No. And so That's ours. I started making flyers, dude, and they would print off like ten thousand flyers for me. Like on a weekly basis. And um so I got really into designing all of our flyers and crazy shit and printing them up for free. I'd be bringing boxes home. And Jared's like, oh, my God. And I started making stickers, too. And we just went crazy around town. Yeah. Uh, you know how it is. You yep. did it. Yep. I did it. Um, that's cool. So then Head, you guys were Head for a while. You put out a, a little EP. I remember um, you had a manager or some kid and his dad, right? Or his, Yep. Uh, yeah. Ray? Yeah. Was it? Yep. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. His name was Ray. Okay. Uh, his son was named Ray Ray. Yeah, and, that's what I remember. Um, yeah, and it was it was just like that young gung-ho thing. Like, you want to be our manager, dude? Go ahead. Yep. But it was more like his dad was the real um, Yeah, the real manager. cat. He yeah. had done stuff with big bands. I don't know. I don't remember what yeah. his deal was, but... He had connections in the industry and it was all that stuff. And then we were like saying like, oh, his son's our manager too. Because he'd be the one out at the clubs yeah. looking cool and going crazy. And then when we needed something serious, you know, his dad would step in and go, oh, okay, well, this is what you got to do or whatever. And his dad was the one that got you guys signed to Jive? Yeah. he, um, Yeah. He was able to like contact a bunch of labels and bring people down. Um, the, th- the thing about it though is like, I don't know if you remember or you were around at that point. Um, we were fucking coming unglued, dude. Like we did our we did our EP mm-hmm. and we started yeah. playing shows and they were just sold out everywhere we went. And we were fucking already on our way. Yeah. So one once a one label came down, uh yeah. every fucking label was coming after us because that was like a kind of a a thing at that time. Like corn just got their deal. Yep. And Everyone. they were actually trying to get they were trying to get us our deal through them and, and we didn't do it. Um, which is weird, but, um, all the bands were getting record deals at that, at that time. And yep. so the labels were just like, 
looking for the next shit. And so when it came time for us, we met every label, dude. It was yep. like the easiest thing. They were coming up to me. They couldn't find somebody like, hey, you're the guitar player, right? Yeah. Like, well, I'm from Sony. Okay. Yep. I don't care how much Atlantic's going to give you. We'll fucking give you more. Trust me. And I was like, oh, my God. Is this how it works? That's <laughs> crazy. Uh, wow. So, yeah, we were able to almost do it on our own, but we did have representation that works, you know, yeah. kind of through his dad it was kind of old school we had to end up moving on from him but yeah in the early days that's what it was yeah and you went with jai which was not a rock label you yep, know that, whatsoever that was our big move dude because we could have signed with anybody um and we came close to it too with another a couple labels but jive there was this guy jeff fenster who um who's kind of a legend in the industry and he was there um and he came up to us and he was like listen i almost signed nirvana like I, I oh, was wow. really close and I missed out on them and I'm not missing out on your band. I think your band is the band out of all these bands. You guys are, you guys are the ones. And I, I wanted to hear that. We all wanted to hear that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not like an ego way. Just, we need somebody that really believed in what we were doing. Exactly. Um, and so he was really, really into it. And the label was weird. We're like, well, you don't even have a, any rock bands. No. Nope. You know, and how are we going to, you know, easy if you're in like a, if you're on another label and they have, you know, Death whoever the fuck, or, yeah, and you can just go tour or, with them, right? Yep. But they only have hip hop stuff. And since we did hip hop as a musical genre, as a yep. band, we were like, that might be kind of cool. And if they love us so much, we'll be the only rock band on that label. So we'll get all the attention. Yep. Um, that was sort of what we thought would happen. And they had the money and they had everything and the excitement. So we were we chose them instead of these other labels. Um, instead of like going, oh, I know we'll sign with, you know, Immortal and just go on to a corn and be really easy. That would have been a really easy thing to do. But we said, no, we're going to stand on our own two feet, yep. do our own weird thing. And in the end, I don't even know if it was the best or not. It just is what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we signed with Jive and it was a trip. It was super trippy, dude. Yeah. Being on the same label as Britney Spears, right? <laughs> yeah, because it wasn't that. It, um, that happened later. So what yeah. happened with us is we checked out Jive. They came to us. They were super down. And um, their roster was like a Tribe Called Quest. Yep. That was their big thing. And I fucking loved Tribe, dude. Yep. So they had Tribe Called Quest and they had all these hip-hop artists, you know. Um, I'm not even going to name them all. But I was yeah. like, wow, trippy hip-hop label. Maybe I could play with Tribe. I don't know. Um, let's do it. And then we did the first record and we toured it. A little around the stage. We went to Europe once and we came home. And when we came home, during the year or two that we were touring, they started signing the pop stuff. Yeah. Right. They moved on from hip hop a little bit and they were, it was Britney Spears, uh, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC. Yep. And these fucking artists were just dominating, dude. Dominating um, the charts. Making them so much money. Mm -hmm. And we were over here like, oh, great. You know, we sold 200,000 <laughs> records. Like, we're a failure, right? Compared yeah. to Compared that to stuff. That. Um, yeah. Um, but when we started making the Broke record, we were way more um, we were way more focused. And we were way knew way more what we wanted to do. And the label put us, you know, we put these demos out. And we did some stuff. And then they kind of went, oh, fuck. This band's poised right now to yeah. go so they they're like fuck it we're committed to you guys i don't care what we're doing they gave us everything we wanted all the money all the support and we did that record with them too um but it was hard for us to get tours 
I'll be honest. It was like we had to really like make our own friends. Yeah, we went out with Corn a few times in the Deftones and all the bands mm-hmm. that we knew. Yeah. And we did like some offset, but we had to like make our own friends. And it wasn't easy for us because we were fucking that band was crazy. I'll I'll just say it. You know, we were, there were <laughs> yeah. times we got thrown off tours, dude. Um, <laughs> yeah, I heard but we had people that really loved us too, so it was hard for us. It was it was always a grind. Uh, do you with think that band? Do you think it was because of the record label you're on? Because like you were saying, record companies they do label make tours. You know. Yeah, it did definitely. So, they even said it when we met with them. They're like, "Are do you guys have connections?" And we're like, "What do you mean?" They're like, "Well, they like they." They were really into the Deftones, right? Mm-hmm. And like the Deftones signed with Madonna's label. I'm like, well, you yeah. guys know those guys? And I go, fuck yeah, I know those guys. Play with them like 20 fucking 30 times. Yeah. And like maybe you guys could get on tour. So it was up to us to almost try <laughs> to get on tours, right? Yeah. Um, and then the radio too. Like you, you got to understand like these labels that are machines like Sony and all these, they have relationships with the labels. So they're like, here's our new shit, play it. And they get played quickly on rock radio. And let's be honest, most rock radio stations around the country, outside of like LA and New York, very white, like white rock. You know, there's not a whole lot of mixing up of the genre back yeah, then at yeah. all. So here we come out the N word all day, fucking <laughs> hip hop, and then we got to, they're not trying to play that shit. Yeah. And plus, the label had no um, relationships. So we were really just like, okay, this is it. We're punk rock. We're going to come out on our own and just make our own. Yep. We'll do what Metallica did. That's how I felt. Metallica did it. You know yep. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so we, yeah, we just grinded out in those first couple of years, and Jive did everything they could to help us. Now, how many money. records uh, was with Jive? Total? Uh, three. And what? You're on all three. Before yeah. Before you left. Yeah, yeah. I did the first record. We did the obviously we did the debut and we toured it. Yeah. Came home. Uh, we wrote and recorded "Broke," and then we toured that, and that was like the pinnacle, you know. That was yeah. worldwide. We got on the radio, got on K Rock, did all the great shit. The band yep. got really good, and then we came home and we made the third record. I wrote it with them and yeah. recorded it with them. It kind of wasn't my thing. There was some internal fighting happening in the band too. It had nothing to do with me, but it yeah. was starting to like not go the way I wanted it to um, on the third record. But I still made the record with them. I just didn't tour it. And that's when you left. Was after the third record. Yeah, yeah, that's when I left. I had okay, so I had um, I had another band, the band Human Lab, mm-hmm. um, that you know, one of my best friends in the world forever, Scott, who's now a guitar player. He's still out, but he has a band called Rival Sons, who are amazing, right? Um, he was in Human Lab. Yeah, it was his band. Him and he started it with um, his old singer. They had a band called Society's Engine. Yeah, that's what I was gonna desert. say. Yeah. He, yeah, right. Yeah, and so Society's Engine was like, yeah. you know, Scott and Mike, the singer, and, and I met them at that time, and me and Scott became like inseparable, dude. It was one of those things where like, whoa, we're the same age, and we're the same, you know, we just, it was like that. Whereas in Head PE, it was like, they're a little older than me, you know, mm-hmm. again, yeah. and you know, whatever, and um, uh, we just couldn't make a band together because I was already way too busy, but I always helped them and gave them stuff, put them on shows, and and then later, over the years, when he got, you know, he got a new drummer and everything, he got Marco from who was in Leather Wolf and Hail Mary and yeah. Crown. That guy's a rock star in his own right. Yep. Um, when he got Marco involved, I was like, oh, my God, okay. And um, they're like, you, you, you need to come down. You need to be in the band. Like, obviously, one of those things. And, and I knew it, too, but I couldn't do it. I was touring, and when we were making the fucking Blackout record, yeah, I was getting pissed because I had – 
had it in my mind, I had convinced myself that we were going to make this like epic third record. Okay. Like we had done broke and it was like this giant leap from the first record. Yeah. And then I thought, Oh, now we're going to, we have to prove that we're better than everybody that, you know, like I wanted us to come out and make a record that was like with the way Jared could sing and the way these players could play. I wanted to do something that was like so over the top. Great. That yeah. no one else would even figure out how we did it. Like instead of like the death tones being like the Zeppelin of that generation, I was like, it has to be us, right? Yeah. But it wasn't working out. Like the band was writing these songs, and I was like, what the fuck are we doing? This isn't even like that great compared to what we can do. Compared to other bands, Blackout's a fucking bomb record, right? But oh, yeah. compared to what we were capable of, I knew we were capable of more. So it was really pissing me off. And it just so happened at the same fucking time. Um I was going off the deep end uh, artistically, and I was playing my own acoustic shows. I was writing all these epic, long, crazy songs, Pink Floyd style, just, you know, how it is when you get good enough. Yeah, why, and why that's you're... what Human Lab was doing. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I have this other band where I fit in completely. Like, everything I write, everything I do is just like, this is where I should be. And in Head P.E., I had a huge... I had a huge like influence in what our band was, but it was more of like a balance. Like my input in the band was super important. Like without my like stony hippie, like earthier vibe mm-hmm. and all that stuff, it would have been, it would have been something else. So I knew that I had an important role in head PE, but it became increasingly difficult for me to accept how much of a role it was. Like okay. I started to think, Ooh, you know, uh, it's been long enough. It's time for me to take the reins completely musically. And I was telling Jared, hey, it's, you know, everyone's great, but I think you need to lean on me more as a writer. And, and I have fucking a million songs, you know, and yeah. it wasn't turning out that way because he was so mad. Him and Wes had this big fight. Yeah, heard this about is, that. This is not, everybody knows, and, and yeah. it wasn't working out for me. So I, like, made this crazy decision just to go, all right, you know, I'll, I'll make the record. And I made the record, and I was trying to do both bands. I was like, maybe I'll just go on tour and I'll still do Human Lab. And um, I thought I could do both bands, and then maybe I could have. But when I was really mad at the time um, at what was happening, I thought, this is bullshit, you know? Yeah. Maybe I should just go full time with this other band that makes more sense of where I'm at musically, and then that'll work out for me, whether or not we do anything or not. You know, and Head PE is like successful and kind of famous, but mm-hmm. fuck it. And so I did, I did Human Lab uh, with those guys. After that, did you release anything? I think I have a a, a demo a CD somewhere. For sure, yeah, for sure you do. So they were making a record, it took forever, um, and then and they signed with Atlantic, right? I joined the band. Um, we we played a lot, dude. Um, we played a lot of great shows. It's one of those bands that lasted a short time, but we were shining super bright at the time, like wow, and then. Bam, it imploded. Yeah. But yeah, they made a record. And um, the problem was, <laughs> at the time, the labels hadn't really completely imploded their business model yet. They were just suffering. Okay. And so they were still spending money. And Human Lab had this excitement around it uh, based on kind of the way it, he could sing and who was in the band. And we were all like, okay, well, we're fucking, let's go. Um, and the label spent way too much money on, on the record. Maybe almost like a million dollars, dude. Wow. Um, Scott would have to tell you better, but I know for sure they're bleeding money into that band. And then, so what happened was now everyone's coming to see us play. Like we're doing showcases and the, the president's coming down and 
publicists are coming down and we booked a tour with this Pearl Jam side project thing that one of the guitar players had. We had all this stuff going for us, but the label was getting cold feet. They didn't want to put the record out because they didn't hear any hit songs. They didn't hear any radio songs. And we were like, you know, we haven't, we were never a radio band. You, you know, you, you've been into us this whole time. You know what we are. Yeah. You know, we're not completely over the top radio head, but we're definitely leaning towards a heavier, like Pink Floydish. It's a heavy thing. You know, it's like a more of a, it takes attention yeah. for that band. Um, but they would have put the record out probably really easily if they hadn't spent so much money, dude. So they're like, oh man, we're looking down a million dollars that we spent to tour this band is going to be another fucking huge money. And if we don't sell them, they owed us a second record. So, um, we kind of tried to write some songs that were a little bit easier to listen to, but just wasn't our thing. You know, um, we were really seriously into music. Um, so what happened was the label said, fuck it. It didn't put our record out. And that hurt us. We're like, Oh my God, we had all this momentum and I quit my band and we're all just waiting to go on tour. And the label's like, no, fuck it. So we, wow. Our lawyer. Yeah. Negotiated the fact that, okay, then fuck it. We'll pay you for the next record. And then we're going to keep the first record. And that, I seriously, that's what happened to us. Like Atlantic still owns the human lab record and it's there somewhere. Uh, they just never put it out mm-hmm. and they paid us off. So we, I got all this money <laughs> for the second record that we never made. And then we, you know, we went back to being a band, but that hurt us so bad. And Scott was really like, I mean, looking back, you can see where he wanted to go musically. Yeah. yeah. Um, and me and Marco were not, with it we're like no we don't want to get rid of the singer no we don't want to do we want to you know we want to do what we want to do um and scott bailed and i was like ah let's just keep the band together he'll come back i'll i'll talk to him and he was no i want to get a new singer and i was like fuck that shit i was so and and the singer was really great i loved him he just didn't know what he was doing completely right he was like more innocent like that he just had a really great voice yeah i sound like ozzy and fucking eddie vetter put together but he doesn't know what the chords are he's just singing he's just singing from his heart right yeah, yeah yeah scott didn't like that he wanted like a super singer and he got one he got and, one but <laughs> yeah he got one and he did what he wanted to do but so me and marco were like fuck that so we kind of kept the band together for a minute i went back in the studio and i wrote like two more songs we recorded them mike sang on them um i even played the bass and uh we were pretty fired up it sounded really really good i thought oh dude we're gonna we're gonna be fine when i'm not worried now and then the singer lost his confidence over all that. He was wow. like, oh, I'm no good. You guys are, you guys know what you're doing. I don't know. I, I can't do this. And I was so fucking pissed. Wow. <laughs> Dude, I was like, I fucking quit my band for this shit. I've gone so far in my career. Marco's here. He's a fucking legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you better be serious. Don't say you're quitting or I'm not talking to you. It was one of those really mad. And so, yeah, he bailed. And that was how we started to rest. Wow. I was like, I'm done with singers. I had written so many songs. I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to sing them myself. You're going to do it I yourself. I had Phil with Jared and AJ and, and Mike. I was like, you know what? I can't deal with another lead singer. I'm just not going to do it. You know, if, if the guy from Smashing Pumpkins can do it and Dave Grohl can do it, I can do it. You know, exactly. so I just became a singer. And that's so you, uh, no more human lab. Uh, for the yep. people, we're, we're talking about Scott Holiday, who's uh, in Rival Sons. So yeah, uh, he went on to. Uh, they're pretty big, fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, uh, they're huge, and uh, it's a great live, like a great rock and roll band. 
Rival Sons. Probably, I mean, they got Rival Sons, one of the best rock bands, yeah. period, right I'll, now. That's yep. a, I'll just say it. Yep. Um, and Scott and I are like brothers, dude. Like, we raised our kids together. He just help, was over here helping me, like, build my new studio so we're we're good for a second we were mad i was mad at him i didn't want to talk to him for like a year <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> what happens but i guess the older you get you know we're all friends again because you know we've all been yeah. there you and know people hold grudges i don't you know um yeah but yeah scott's the man dude yeah so you got uh so duress you you're the singer and then um marco was playing drums and then uh, yeah. another mutual friend mike d on bass right you know him? Yeah, dude. He's amazing. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, we were pretty good friends for a while. He was in uh, Fuel Syndicate. Mm-hmm. Remember? And Inner Cell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. That's, you and know, the, the last I talked to him, was, last I talked to him, he, I guess he was living in Hawaii. Yeah. yeah he's I don't, there. I don't know. He's there. Okay, he's still there. Yeah, he's there. He's he's good. He um, When we started Duress, it was like, I think it was like me and Marco just looking at each other like, Wow, dude, we're the last man standing. Like yep. this is really weird, and we're the most accomplished. You know? Yeah. I'm like, we could record fucking ten songs today, and the way you play drums and the way I play guitar, it's gonna be awesome. Yep. So why don't we just figure it out? I'm not ready to like not do something, and I don't want a singer. So he's like, fuck it. What do you want to do? You know, you're in charge. And I'm like, okay, fine. And so I went and poached the two guys I wanted <laughs> to yeah. be in the band with me. And I recorded all this. Me and Marco recorded everything. I sang everything. And that's when I first knew, like, I wasn't the greatest singer in the beginning. I got way better later. But I was like, wow, I think I can do this. And you know what I mean? I'm yeah, probably, why not? It's probably time for me to do it. That's what I thought. Yeah. And uh, I knew that Mike, um, I knew Mike, right? Um, and I thought he was, like, the best part of his band. Mm -hmm. um, and I was ruthless dude i'm like i'm gonna go steal him right out of his band you know what I mean? what? um and i told i had this guy cody who was a great friend of mine still to this day i play with um and i believed in him he just didn't have he wasn't gonna make his own band but he yeah. could play the fuck out of a guitar he wasn't even gonna write shit he'd just be like i'll fucking do whatever you want i told him i'm doing an acoustic breakbeat thing mm -hmm. now and he was like i'll do it with you what, you will? He's like, I'll do any I know all your songs. I'll do anything you want to do. I could sing harmonies all day. And I was like, yeah, right. Everyone says they can sing harmonies, but yeah. when it comes down to it, they can they? He can. <laughs> he could just sing the fuck out of harmonies. Like, oh my God, I'm taking him. So I, I got him in the band. Nice. Um, yeah. And then uh, against Marco's wishes, he, he was like, you should just go get a hotshot guitar player that's like you. And I'm like, nah, this guy's perfect. And then I go, but I know who I want to play bass. And I, I was like, we're going to go get him. Yeah. That sucked for their band. <laughs> what was bit. that? What, are you talking about Mike? Yeah. Was Mike it Intercell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he, uh, we saw him play a few times. I was like, okay, that's cool. I'm taking this guy. Um, he's kind of like when they probably went and saw Cliff Burton and Metallica. was like, we want you. Just leave your band. Let's go. It was exactly. one of those things. And, yeah. and I knew that because of who I was and what I'd already done and Marco too, that he would probably really at least be interested. Mm -hmm. um, so... We brought him down, you know, I went to a party, I gave him some songs, and I'm like, dude, don't even tell anybody. Here's five songs, can you just come down and learn them and come down and play with us? He's like, oh, he didn't want to upset his guys or whatever, and they were all really nice guys, too. Oh, yeah. Um, like, nice, I still am friends with most of them, and then uh, slowly he's like, okay, I want to play, and he recorded, and we're like, oh, God, 
he would go home and like I could play the bass on a song. I'm gonna play what I think should be on guitar. Mm-hmm. I'm not a bass player, you know. But then he yeah. would take my demos home, figure out a bunch of tasty stuff, and come back and I'll be like, oh my god, like you are a real bass player. Like you have to be in my band. Um, so he started playing shows with us, and then he stayed in his band for a short time until he finally just quit completely. Yeah. Um, and joined us full time. And then you guys did the duress thing for a little bit. We did two records. We did a few. Uh, we did a good few years, dude. Yeah. And for the first record cycle, we were fired up. It was like kind of like one of those times, like, "Wow, I'm, I'm excited again. I'm doing exactly what I want to do. No one's here to tell me no. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's finally my time to like call all the shots, right? Yeah. Um, I had finally. never done that in a band, and so I knew all the mistakes that I'd seen bands make and i had seen how they've done it right and so i I just tried to do it right i'm like listen if you guys are dedicated to this you know i'm not i'll probably write 99 percent of the music i mean and i'm not even worried about it i don't even want you guys to write if you have something great great but if you don't don't worry about it i got enough to go around but i'll never take more money than any of you guys i don't believe in that you know what i mean yeah um and i thought that was an important part of it like because I used to get pissed when I, even in my old bands, like when it comes to like publishing royalties and like money, Mm -hmm. I was like, why is it that I'm getting more than Ben just because he plays drums? That's not fair. You know what I mean? Like it should be fair. And Scott Holiday was the first one to tell me like, yeah, that's fucking stupid. And I'm like, yeah. He's (laughs) like, I don't care how many songs I write. If you're in my band, we're all getting paid equal. That's the bottom line. I don't care where the money comes from. If you quit the band, that's a different story. But, but so I, I took that philosophy and I told the guys in duress, listen, don't worry. I don't, if you have to get paid for writing songs, that means they're going to start throwing in ideas just to get paid, whether they're good or not. And I was like, I don't want that. I just want to make the song the best it can be every single one of them. And fuck the money the money can come in and we'll split it up equally. Yeah. So that's, that was great for a really long time, except we were all a little bit older. I had already been successful. So I knew how much it was going to take to make that band yeah. work, a lot of work across a national level and an international level. Dude, you have to make a lot of money, right? Yeah. And, uh, it was a little difficult for us because we had labels um, still interested. And now it's at the point where it's like, man, I don't even know where we fit in at that time because I was just. I was doing whatever I wanted to do, which now looking back, it's like a Foo Fighters rock thing before mm-hmm. they really <laughs> became the mainstays. But the the thing was emo at the time. And I remember I went to one fucking label meeting and they were into the band. They're like, duress. OK, yeah, yeah, that's cool. And then the guy, the A&R guy literally said to me, I think he was my age or even younger. And he goes, you know what? You know what I'm really looking for? And I go, what? <laughs> and he goes, I really want like another um, My Chemical Romance. And I went, uh, well, okay. Well, what do you want? What are you talking to me about it for? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking for- Tom Petty on crack. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, what do you, you know what my band sounds like? Like, I'm not going to fucking do that for you. Uh, and so I got really mad. I had a big chip on my shoulder. Like, I'm better than all this shit that's happening right now. Never going to yeah, wear tight yeah. jeans and throw my hair to the side. I'm who I am. <laughs> and, and that was hard for us because me being so stubborn, it held us back a little bit. And then uh, I didn't want to play the label game at all. I thought maybe we can just make our own records and and we can corner the market in an indie way. And I didn't realize how hard that was. Um, 
easy to do the records, easy to do the yeah. art, easy to be an awesome band. Like, I don't think we ever played a show where I was like, that band was better than us. It just never happened because we practiced every day. We were super tight. Um, but doing business was fucking not happening for us, you know, and it led to us going, wow, we're now we're going to make another record. Right. Yeah. And we're going to go in and we did, we took it really seriously, but the, um, the indie thing didn't happen for us. And then the labels were kind of like, whatever about us. And that, right. To me, I was like, this might be the end. I, I still like music, but I can't continue to get these three fucking grown men who are like amazing <laughs> to commit to this band and not get paid enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's and tough. In order to, in order to pay everybody enough to keep it, I would need a few million dollars a year, which isn't hard to do, but it is hard to do if you don't have anyone behind you. And that's what happened with the rest. We finally went, all right, fuck it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck, dude. Um, let's take a little break. Um, yeah. And then uh, we'll get back at it and then uh, talk about what you're doing musically now or what you got plans and all that stuff. Okay. So, all right, we'll be right back. And that was part one of our interview with Chapman Echoes, um, guitarist extraordinaire. We're going to play a track by Duress, a track called Blow. It's a fucking killer track. It starts off kind of mellow, and then it gets into this, this heavy rockin', rock and roll song. So um, enjoy this track, and uh, thank you for tuning in to All Things Guitars and Music, podcast by Vapor Guitars. So enjoy this song, and we'll see you at part two. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> 